My next guest is Tina Andrews. She is an award-winning writer, producer, director, and author. Her epic CBS miniseries, Sally Hemings and American Scandal, garnered her two NAACP Image Awards and a WGA Award for Long Form and became the first African-American woman to receive the Writers Guild of America honor for original long form. Tina also wrote and produced the successful CBS miniseries movie, Jackie, about Jackie Kenny Onassis, and wrote the movie, Why Do Fools Fall in Love? One of my favorites with Halle Berry, Vivica A. Fox, Layla Rashawn, and my man, Lorenz Tate. Her acclaimed historical novel about Queen Charlotte, Charlotte Sophia has been acquired by HBO Max and is now available as an audiobook as well. It's all about building your brand, and she's here to tell us how she's doing hers. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Tina Andrews. Hi there. How you doing, Thank there, Tina? Thank you so much for having me. Well, you know, I always, <laughs> I always love um, when I bring talent, because you're African-American talent, but I see crossover opportunities uh, like we like we saw with the with the Jackie Onassis, because we sometimes we get pigeonholed. People say we can't tell, we can only tell a story based on our color. When you got that opportunity to do the Jackie Kenyon Onassis, walk us through the steps of if there were some obstacles, how you was able to convince people that you could do this series, and when they turned out to be successful, what was the reaction? Well, uh, Rashad, I'm going to tell you something. That was the easiest gig I ever got. <laughs> I had done. <laughs> I mean, it's always you know always that way that whenever you're you're sort of pioneering, sometimes the the job becomes easier than most people think. Right. I had done Sally Hemings. Mm-hmm. Sally Hemings was a juggernaut success. Yes, it was. And so I get a phone call on a Monday morning from the powers that be at CBS. Mm-hmm. And I was told, hey, Tina, you love doing historical projects. I mean, I have something that we think would be in your sweet spot. Mm. We've acquired a book on on the first lady, Jacqueline Bouvier Kennedy Onassis. How would you like to turn that into a four hour uh, miniseries? Mm-hmm. And I'm on the other end and I'm saying. Jackie Kennedy. I said, you realize you called a black woman, right? Right, 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 <laughs> <laughs> right, right. right. And so I was told that they were so happy with what I had done with not only Sally, but it was also the dramatization of Thomas Jefferson Mm -hmm. that made them feel confident and comfortable in my handling First Lady Jacqueline Kennedy. And so I jumped at that opportunity because, you know, in the past, it has always been members of another culture writing our stories. Right. And so for a change, I said, oh, we can we can sort of flip the script on this and it'll be me Mm -hmm. writing this wonderful, indomitable first lady story. So I hopped at that opportunity and it was wonderful because, first of all, I knew a lot about her. I had done um, a a lot of work on uh, Jack Kennedy Mm -hmm. and, of course, on Dr. Martin Luther King. So the first thing I did was contact Mrs. King and I asked her if I could come down to Atlanta to meet with her. Mm -hmm. Because I know she and Jackie had a uh, had a relationship. And mm-hmm. so then I thought, oh, I'll be able to add some things to a Jackie Kennedy story that a member of another culture may not have even been interested in adding. Thank so you. it was good for me. 
Mm-hmm. Now, you know, the wonderful thing about it is that when you when you grab an iconic figure like she is, Jackie Kennedy Onassis, you know, you have some, I guess I said, some things already bedded in. How do you start layering it down to really, like you said, you, you was able to find a nugget in the relationship she had with Mrs. King, Dr. Martin Luther King's wife. Now, when you were doing your research, did any other interesting thing pop up in her that you didn't you didn't see coming that made for great storytelling in this four four uh, four episode miniseries? I um, will tell you that they had given me a book that they bought, so pretty much that book okay. told Mrs. Kennedy's story. Mm-hmm. But what I was fascinated by is that uh, Mrs. Mrs. Kennedy had difficulties with her father, her mm-hmm. father, um, Black Jack um, Bouvier. Mm-hmm. You know, she 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 sort of felt like she was not the beloved Kennedy <laughs> daughter. Well, not Kennedy at that time, Bouvier daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a, a good relationship with um, with her sister. But, you know, like siblings, they sort of went in and out. And I wanted to show that it wasn't such an easy road for her. This is a woman who had the ambition to be a photographer. We we forget that before the pillbox passed, right. there was this ambitious woman. Mm-hmm. You know, the interesting thing about it, like I, I, my, I started out in Hollywood as a sitcom writer. Uh, you know, they wrote, you know, uh, Steve Harvey's first sitcom in 93, uh, Me and the Boys, uh, 94, excuse me, Me and the Boys. And then we did uh, Robert Townsend's Parenthood. And I did ABC with Arsenio's Hall sitcom. And they did Sister Sisters with the twins, T and Tamara Maury, And went over to mm-hmm. Jamie Foxx. And I did the Parkers. And along the way, I'm feeling that I have a skill set that can be transferable. And this is what we were talking about earlier when you said you, you they called you as an African-American to do a white project. And every time I wrote a sitcom or try to get on a home improvement at the time or a Seinfeld or Friends, I had to write their style of sitcom. Otherwise, they felt that I wasn't a real writer. And, and just talking to young people and talking to people who are aspiring to be in this industry which is what we call Hollywood. It really does. You really can't be pitted into a corner and said, this is what you only can do. And that's why I, that's why I champion and admire what you are accomplishing as a writer, as a producer, because you know, that's a hard, that's a hard wall to a door to open. That, the, walking over to say, I can do any type of project because I have the skill set. Do not deny me because of the color of my skin. Correct, Miss? Right. Or gender or age or any of that. I am not any I'm not into any of the isms, but I will tell you, Rashawn, I had to show people what I could do first. Now, let's face it. For many of us of color, the door to success here in Hollywood is writing a comedy. You said you started out doing quite a few um, comedies. Mm -hmm. I could not get a movie made unless it was funny. Mm-hmm. Or if I did have a piece that was uh, serious in nature, I was always told, add the funny to it. For instance, uh, I'll give you an example. On the movie that you said you liked, Why Do Fools Fall in mm-hmm. Love? That's a serious film about a young man who ended up spiraling into the abyss of drug abuse. In fact, heroin abuse. Right. And yet he had married three women and not divorced any of them before he died and left this estate. And that became the through end to the story. Mm -hmm. Well, at the end of the day, 
those three women, you know, started out hating each other. And so it left room for some very sort of funny things to go on in that courtroom situation. And I remembered being told by Warners, oh, my God, Tina, every time you put the three women <laughs> together in a room, it's hilarious. Right. So, um, you know, do a little more than that so that we don't spend so much time mm -hmm. in his slow um, descent into mm -hmm. drug abuse. So I needed to show people that I could write seriously. Mm -hmm. So once I became successful doing those types of films, I was then able to say to the agency, hey, let's get out there and sell the stuff that I already have written to show people that I am a, a dramatic writer. And that stuff took off. Yeah. Congratulations. You know, I'm talking to Tina Andrews. Uh, I want to say, can I say the word brilliant? Tina Andrews, you know, a cop award-winning Tina Andrews. Can I add some more to it? It was a series that's been acquired by HBO Max called Charlotte Sophia. Uh, you yes. know, I, I know we're going to get to that, but i just like to talk about the journey because if I start there at the HBO, HBO Max project, I really don't feel that people will appreciate the journey, you know. And I, I always throw out my little acting credit, Tina. You know, I, I starred in uh, Jason's Lyrics. I was a tap dancer and way back oh. in the day in Houston, Texas. And Fast Freddy was my name. And then I read your bio, and it's tied to the amazing series that changed television, Roots. That's right. By Alex Hayes. That's right. And... I, you know, I, I still, you know, because we look at television now, you see so many African-Americans on commercials, you see mixed couples, you see African-Americans hugging each other, I mean, mixed couples. It's just really television has evolved in such a, and just five years ago, you know, they, they, they tried to take Cheerios off the shelves because they had a little, a little, uh, a little white looking girl. A little coming biracial in. girl. Yes, right. that's right. Right. And so, and so, but you were on television with a, with, about a project about slavery, if you could walk roots, everybody, an iconic series now, but we didn't know how people would react to that. But you were part of that, and I'm sure it affected your life, your thought process, and also threw you in the forefront of, of American conversation. Talk about that. We can journey back there a little bit and then move forward. Okay, well, actually, I would like to take one, I would like to go one project just before roots. We have to remember, I had the first interracial relationship on daytime television mm -hmm. on Days of Our Lives. Oh, you see, they didn't put that in the bio, Natina. They didn't put that in the oh. bio. <laughs> you know, I well, did my research. Was, I did my research. was cut because that was a, ma that it, that was a major, major um, uh -huh. uh, uh, project for me to be involved with. We kissed on a Friday uh -huh. after two years of, you know, looking lovingly at each other. <laughs> and we kissed on a Friday and 5,000 negative, horrible hate letters came to NBC. Right. So I know what it's like to be involved in a project that's, that gets a lot of attention and that becomes very controversial. Mm -hmm. Right after I, I left Days of Our Lives, because of that negative publicity, I had to go. I was the one that was let go, not the white guy. Right, right. Mm -hmm. I wow. ended up in Roots. Mm -hmm. And we knew from the second we got the, the very first pilot episode that it was going to be phenomenal. The book had been so successful. I had worked for two of the directors who were uh, involved in it. And one of them was the one who called me and said, I've got two roles here. Pick one, whichever one you want, Beautiful. you can do it. Mm -hmm. And I was so grateful um, to John Ehrman for that 
opportunity. And we got involved and it felt like the ancestors carried us through the entire production. We were on the shoulders of those who came before. So we instantly knew that we were going to be a successful miniseries. We just didn't know how successful. As a result of that, of course, I became very good friends with um, with Alex, Alex Haley. Mm-hmm. And it was Alex mm-hmm. who, quite frankly, gave me my first opportunity as a writer. Mm. And by the way, as a writer to work with him right. on a PBS project. So I am indebted to, again, those who've gone before. I am indebted to Mr. Haley for, uh, for first of all, having written Roots and then for allowing me to be in Roots. And then I sent him, frankly, a Bob Marley story and I sent him Sally Hemings Mm -hmm. and he read those two uh, scripts and said, called me, in fact, and said, when did you become such a good writer? We need to do a project together. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, this is eight Emmy Awards winning yes, Alex yes, Haley who yes, wants to work with yes, me. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so there there have been a series of situations where the career built. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, interesting. And then thing. it built to uh, the Charlotte Sophia Project. Well, you know, let's, let's, let's go to that now because we all know that, uh, Tina, when you talk about... It's really your story is so interesting because, like I said, when you are first, when you are a groundbreaker, a pioneer, I can use those term those terms in front of you, because sometimes uh, you get setbacks. Like you said, you do you did a you did a role that was requested of you on Days of Our Lives, and then all of a sudden a letter comes in and and the network becomes frightened by it, and you are terminated. Right. That 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 moment of being out there, who did you call in? Who did you who did you seek? advice from or support from or would you did you feel you were just out there by yourself and no one could help you oh no my father was still alive my father is the i mean probably the most important person in terms of the career mm-hmm. i would call my father crying all the time right. <laughs> during during days of our lives with the negative publicity they would not let me get my mail before we shot for the day Mm -hmm. The network said, give her her fan mail after she finishes so that I could go home and cry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So so I called daddy and I said, I don't know what's going on, but I'm uh, I'm I'm really depressed. I can't find really great. There are not enough really great, empowering, dignified roles for black women. And I feel like I, you know, I'm going to be stuck in this situation of playing, you know, the drug addict or the. Uh, or the round the way girl or whatever, uh, too much of that is coming up. Yes, it is. And my father had it with me. And he said, look, I sent you to NYU to be a playwright. You were supposed wow. to be a writer. Yeah, I know you wanted to dance, but I figured that was only going to last a few years. You were going to really find your voice as a, as a playwright. Why are you complaining about the roles that are not there when you are capable of writing those roles? Wow. You need to take your writing career seriously. It's all cute that you're an actress, but I'm afraid that one of these days someone is going to ask you to be naked in a movie Mm -hmm. and you're going to say yes to that role because you can't pay your rent. Mm -hmm. I would much prefer you call me and let me send you the money for your rent. And you sit down in those days, of course, we're talking typewriters (laughs) down at the typewriter. I'll be select. (laughs) <laughs> and you know, <laughs> and he said, and you write that dignified, empowered role for a black woman that you would like to play. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, some years later, there was a movie, a Kevin Costner movie. And the, and the, the tagline was, if you build it, they will come. Yeah. Field of dreams. Yes, that's exactly right. Mm -hmm. And my father was correct. In his library was a book by historian, Black historian, J.A. Rogers. And it was called Race and Sex. And the second page in was a big picture of a woman who clearly looked ethnic, but she was in royal attire. And it was a black and white. Obviously, it wasn't, you know, a color. And it said, Charlotte Sophia, England's first black queen mm-hmm. and i read back and said what black queen mm-hmm. how do we not know that listen how how was i not taught that mm-hmm. in my history classes we were taught about king george yes. and him going mad yes <laughs> and the and the revolutionary war that he sent the redcoats you know over here to fight us against we knew everything about the husband why did we not know that his wife was a woman of color I could not find that much research in those days. And so I sort of put it in the back of my mind. One of these days, I'm going to write that story. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I'm thinking maybe, who knows, I can get Halle Berry to play it. This is before Fools. This is before uh, Sally Hemme. This is before all of that. My father died and left me his library. Mm -hmm. And all of those books came to my then house in um, the Hollywood Hills. Mm-hmm. And I found it again. And I said, you know, you may, you may want to investigate this story. And when Sally Hemings had done so well, people began to ask, what are you going to do for an encore? What do you do next? <laughs> What's so next? How do you top Sally yeah. Hemings? And I thought, wow, this would be the project. Not realizing it was going to take me eight years to write the book. And all the research, two and three times going to London. Of course, I need no excuse to go to London. I love London. <laughs> I love London. Mm-hmm. But I was there researching at the British Library, at the Windsor and Buckingham Archives, at the British Museum. Uh, and then I put it together. And the moment that book hit the marketplace, there was a surge of, of course, British people who were saying, oh, no, no, we're not going to let you do this. This is not a story that we're interested in. And yet British people were buying the book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I get last year a phone call out of the blue from an HBO executive who said, uh, I'd like to um, I'd like to speak to Tina Andrews. And I said, speaking. And so she said, <laughs> you know, here's who I am. At, you know, and I'm at HBO Max uh, in International. And my mother loved your book. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, your mother? <laughs> <laughs> And so she said, my mother turned me on to this book. And she said, when you get your promotion, let this be the first book that, that you buy to have on the uh, on the channel. Wow. And I nearly died because once again, it was like spirit creating the atmosphere and the environment and the place to put that story after so long with the research. Well, you know, the thing I love about talking to you, first of all, um, uh, it's almost like I'm talking to royalty. You're so elegant and you're so pronounced in your tone. You're so elegant in your gestures. And, you know, there's a certain amount of uh, success 
and confidence in uh, in speaking to you. You know, I hope people watch this. You can hear it on audio, of course, but I hope people get, get to watch this actual interview because it's impressive when I see people. Because you've you've had a journey in your life, and sometimes journeys can beat you down. Sometimes journeys can wear you down. I just see that when I'm looking at you and listening to you, Tina, I'm seeing a person who who basically um, understands the purpose of who you are. And your father obviously built that into you and said, hey, this is who you are. This is who you can be. Control your destiny. Is that key to what I'm saying? That basically, I know that's why I stopped acting and became a writer and producer. I felt I can control my destiny. Plus, I realized, you know, one day I'm going to get old and I can probably still write. I can probably still produce. I can stop being creative. But they can minimize my success based on my color and based on my age. But they can never minimize my success based on how I think. If I'm topical and I'm staying very current. And that's what you are. You're very current and very topical. And so this series is coming out on HBO Max, you did something very, very much very key. Audio book. Talk about that whole relation and hearing the words articulated by the brilliant actress. Can I tell you again, it was another one of those. I, I do think of my life and I talk about my life in spiritual terms because I have had a lot of hardship. It's, it has not all been easy sailing trying to get to the top. There, you know, you, you hit a platform <laughs> yes, and then you uh, fall. And then you're building back up again. So it's been a long career. But sometimes along the way, you get these opportunities that just come to you. You have to be prepared. You know, it's what they say that that, you know, luck is opportunity met with preparedness. And I've been prepared. I'm um, minding my own business on Facebook. And I had an editor who at one point um, had had turned down my uh the opportunity to publish my book wow and i had said i had posted that day well if you guys are loving bridgerton don't forget my book is still out where i wrote about queen charlotte and i put a you know the cover of the uh, a photo of the cover of the book on facebook went on about my business later on that afternoon i got a private message and it was Carol saying, Tina, I don't want to make the mistake that I made earlier <laughs> when, when, when we didn't publish your book, because look what has happened to you and it and, and, and onward. Um, I am at recorded books now. I'm in acquisitions. Is, are the, rather, are the audiobook rights available? Wow. Once again, I go, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I love your life. So I go, yes, yes, they are. <laughs> and she said, well, I would love to acquire, uh, I would like to acquire them. Uh, we'd like to do a whole big push. You will be in charge of choosing, you know, who narrates your book. And I'm thinking, boy, I had a number of British actresses, Black British actresses that I thought could do a really credible job. And she said, you send me your list. She said, we also have a list of some people who have worked and done audiobooks for us who are also Black, female, and British. We'll send you their names. And then you go through and you pick out the one that you want to narrate your book. Mm -hmm. And my God, their list was alphabetical. And at the top of the list is Ajua Ando. And Ajwa Ando, for those of you out there who don't recognize her by name, she plays Lady Danbury yes. mm -hmm. on Bridgerton. Absolutely. She is 
phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So as far as I was concerned, the search was over. Right. <laughs> the search right. Was over. right. <laughs> so I called Carol and I said, are you kidding me? And he said, well, she's done like 200 audiobooks." And I said, this is the actress. Mm-hmm. She will give it the class and the gravitas. She will also do other characters. She's an amazing, amazing actress. I knew of her prior to Bridgerton. And so I said, please tell me that we can, can have her. And she said, I'll get back to you in a couple of days. And sure enough, <laughs> a couple of days later, she said, Adjua is yours. Wow. So working with this phenomenal actress who made that book come to life. Oh, Rishan, it was it, it, it is an experience for anyone who listens to that. But I, you know, at, at certain points in time, I, no, no joke. I, I will listen to the audio book and I'll say, wow. Mm-hmm. I wrote that. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. That's an act. That's that's brilliance of her bringing it to life. But you know, I want to I want to say this before we wrap up the interview. And uh, it's it's something about being prepared that really comes across when I when I when I share this interview. And I, want, I hope people listen when she, when she got the call for Roots. You know, despite dire consequences that happened in her life prior to that, she was ready. When she got the call for Jackie Kennedy Onassis, you know, despite the success of Sally Hemming and her, and it's a project with African-American female talking about an iconic white, white American female, she was ready. When she got the call about the the rights to her book, uh, Charlotte Sophia, you know, she was ready, not only ready, but also to be bold enough to say, this is the one we should select. There's something about that that really rings true about your life, Tina Andrews, and it makes it very special that you're the, you're a decision maker, you're a person who understands what you want to do in life, and has led so much to your level of success. If you had to give someone some advice before we exit here, what would you give somebody advice who's watching the show or listening to this interview on Money Making Conversations? I will say you need to be your authentic self. Mm-hmm. Whoever that is, do not, first of all, do not let anybody tell you what you can't be. Mm-hmm. You will show them who you are, <laughs> which means who you can be. Um, try not to follow the road that is that is whittled down by heavy traffic doing what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. You create your own road and do that thing that God has placed on your heart wow. for you to do. It's okay to be singular and unique. And authentic because some if you like it, someone out there is also going to like it. And right now we're in certainly in this business that we're in, we got five or six hundred channels. You got to feed that beast. There is someone who's going to want what you have to say. So say it. I love it. Thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation, Tina Andrews. Thank you for having me. And if you want to hear any of my interviews or see any of my interviews, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host.